we're saved by the blood of the Lamb, right? right. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> the word of our testimony. Yeah, but your testimonies, you've heard me say time and time again, your breakthrough is permission for someone else to believe that they can receive yeah. the same exact right. thing. Yes. Right. And the Lord's move in their lives. So we're saved by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we don't love our life so much that we shrink back from death. Come on. So we're just not afraid of the enemy anymore. So, uh, anyway. So open up to Matthew 5. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 1. So, like, last Friday, let, let me back up. Let me back up. I've been, you know, we, we have this merger of churches getting ready to happen and, uh, and uh, starting a, a Sunday morning service here as well at River City. And, and one of the things I've been asking the Lord is, like, you know, we've met for a year and amazing things God has done. And, and one of the things when I ask the Lord is like, you know, what, what, I don't want to say what are we going to be known for, but what are we going to be known for, right? And I'm not talking about branding or anything like that or, or advertising. I'm like, what, what should be the description of the church? Well, Dan preached the first part of it last Friday night, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, right? And so like, I, I have been, I told him, for me, it felt like confirmation. Because I have been upset, I say obsessed. I obsess over a lot of passages, <laughs> but I have been actually First Corinthians thirteen. I have been praying this way. I would say River City is patient. River City is kind. I'd pray that out loud in the sanctuary, walk in the seats. And the other portion that I was reading out loud and praying over, uh, uh, over the sanctuary, over our church, was Matthew five one through twelve, Amen. which is the Beatitudes. Amen. And like those two things, if there was a description of what would be considered the upside down kingdom and, and what would be countercultural, right? Like, like I'm real careful here because I don't want to, I, I, I don't hear, don't hear this incorrectly. I, I don't think we win the world by being just like the world. I, I think we, now I look like a normal person. I look like a normal person. That, that's up for debate. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? But, oh, man. But, I don't even know how to get out from here. So, but what should set us apart is the way we live, walk, talk, the way we respond, the way we react. And 1 Corinthians 13, the love is patient, love is kind, like that, that should be it, right? That should be part of it. The other aspect of it is this in Matthew 5, like, like if someone says, "What is your church about?" Like we should, we should even. I don't even think we should have to tell them this. I think they should just say, "Man, those people are really nice. There's people are really kind. They're really yes. loving. They're sweet. They're full of mercy." Right. I don't get it. It's so weird, right? It's peculiar. First Peter two nine. Odd. It's odd. It's strange. And so anyway, um, let's just read this passage, and um, and I'll and I'll explain what we're going to do. Actually, over the next few weeks. Uh, Matthew 5, 1. I'm going to read the first 12 verses and then we're going to uh, back up a little bit. It says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain and he sat down. His disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, or the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay. So I feel like the Lord had been stirring something in me anyway. And so over the upcoming weeks, we, like in, in this, you have no idea how hard this is. April will tell you. Like I'm not, I've, I've never been like, I, I'll well, mark, I say market. We'll say we're, to, I, well, I say we're doing <laughs> sermon series, but I really have no idea week to week what I'm doing. <laughs> Which sounds funny too, saying that out loud, but I really don't. Uh, most most of the time, yeah, most of the time, most of the time, what happens is I just spend a lot of time with Jesus, and I have a little outline, and I just like like I share really where I am right then and there. Okay, like what's the Lord speaking to me in that moment, and and I felt like the Lord said. I want you to walk through the Beatitudes, and let's look at this verse by verse, because we can rattle them off, we could probably spout them off, some of us, but what does it really look like to walk this stuff out? And so we're going to spend the next several weeks going through this verse by verse. There'll be a little break in there, uh, Hal Perkins will be here at the end of the month to kind of follow up on what happened last week and walk us through some discipleship stuff, but we're going to walk through this. And so let's look at this. Verse 1, I think, starts to set this whole thing up. It says, when Jesus saw the crowds, this part is review, when he went up on the mountain and after he sat down, right, he got in that relaxed posture that we talked about, he sat down and his disciples came to him. Remember, the revelation was is that old covenant Christianity is that the prophet would climb the hill of the Lord, get in the Lord's presence, and come back down and tell the people what God said. That was what Moses did in the Old Covenant. New Covenant, there's a more excellent way, which Jesus models it for us, that he climbs the hill of the Lord, he gets in the Lord's presence, I believe that's what he's doing right here, and it causes those around him to elevate the standard of their life, which means that that the loudest sermon I will ever preach and the most effective sermon that any of us will ever preach is just by the way we live our lives. Amen. And, and it's not, and I'm not saying you should do this or you should not do this and blah, 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 blah to people outside there. What it is is like, man, there's something different on his life. There's something different on her life. Yeah. And, and maybe, just maybe, I'm going to hang out with them and I'm going to... Do what you know, follow me as I follow Christ, as Paul said, right? I want to elevate the standard of my life. And when they elevate the standard of their life, they may not understand it at first, but before you know, they have a life changing encounter with God. That's right. Amen. So that's the new covenant model. I believe it with all of my heart. And and this theme seated is all throughout, all throughout the word, old covenant word, Psalm 4610, be still and know I'm God. Or cease striving and know that I'm God, right? Which means to sit down or sink down as if one is sitting. And it means that you're seated in a relaxed posture. It's Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 6. That, that I have been seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And not only am I seated with him, I'm seated in him. Which is like that, right? I'm seated with him in the heavenly places. Which means... That I have the best view in the house, so I have a different perspective on life. All these types of things. 
that we've talked about. It gives us a different perspective. It gives us hope, all types of stuff. All right, so say all that. We need to stay seated. <laughs> he opened, verse 2, he opened his mouth, and he began to teach them, saying, okay, What's wild is, is when it says that Jesus opened his mouth, it means that he spoke freely. Like, I don't know if you've ever been around selective crowds, you've got to kind of hold back, right? To be honest, sometimes you go into a church and been privileged, and I know the rights that I want to talk about. Sometimes that you can speak very freely yes. and just minister. And sometimes you've got to hold back. Right. And so you don't you want to blow the place up and make everyone upset. Right. And so... Uh, uh, so, so Jesus gets seated and he began to speak freely, which means that he didn't hold anything back. He said, what I'm going to share with you is of the utmost importance, and I'm not going to hide anything. I'm going to reveal it all to you. And it said he opened his mouth and he began to teach. And the word teach means that he began to impart. He's, it's, 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 and what that means is, and Paul says, if I can impart Romans 1, 12, if I could impart one spiritual gift to you, brothers and sisters, it would be this. In other words, he's, when Jesus opens his mouth, he doesn't want to just fill her head with a bunch of knowledge. What he wants to do is fill her heart yes. with his truth right. so that we're transformed. That's, yeah. so good. That's, good, That's good. By the way, I heard this, and I love it, so I'm going to borrow it. But if all we want to do is get an intellectual, gain more intellectual knowledge of, of God, listen, if, if, if all we care about is learning more and not allowing him to transform our hearts, you know what we're doing? We're just learning to argue better. That's right. That's it. That's it. And I don't want to argue better. Yeah. I want to lay my life down better, right? Yeah. That's right. All right. So he imparts this. And so my prayer has been that we, again, we... Climb the hill of the Lord. We get seated in his presence. We allow Jesus to speak freely to me. Like, <laughs> I mean, we probably all prayed this, but we probably all didn't mean it, right? It's like, whatever you want to do, God. <laughs> right? We say that, but <laughs> when we say that, we give him permission to speak and do whatever he wants to do in our life. Right. And so we give him free reign to speak to us. And then these truths get imparted. And I believe that if we become what these upcoming scriptures say, I believe, <laughs> I believe that not only will we be personally transformed, but we'll start to see people around us transformed as well. Yes. Yeah, it will. Because why? Because you're going to preach a better sermon. <laughs> you're, going to you're going to live a life. That, and we'll see here in a second, you're going to live a life that causes a holy jealousy to rise up in other people. And, and that holy jealousy isn't like, I, I, I have to have what you have in the negative sense. It's like, man, there's something different in their life that I have to have. Right. Yeah. Amen. So right here, and I think it all starts with verse 3. Last week, Dan said that love is patient, love is kind, and everything else came from those two. I think everything in the Beatitudes hinges on verse 3, as a matter of fact. Blessed are the, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, I read this, and it says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I'm thinking, if theirs is the kingdom of heaven, what do I need to do so that mine is the kingdom right. of heaven? Right? right. <laughs> it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. The word blessed, that means most blessed, I like that, most blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not just like a little bit blessed, oh, I'm a little bit blessed, no, I'm most blessed, Come on. right? 
And, and it also means happy or joyful. Happy or joyful are the poor in spirit. That makes no sense, except for in the kingdom, contradictions make sense. And so happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And also the word blessed could be translated as fortunate to be envied. So let's phrase it like this. You're so fortunate that it causes, because you're so fortunate that you're poor in spirit that it causes other people to want the fortunateness, fortunateness, the favor, the blessings that's on your life and they, because they want the kingdom of heaven as well. All right? Now, now blessed means this. Let's just read it like this, all right? A long Michael definition. Blessed means that God's favor will continue to grow and enlarge and increase and will begin to rest on an individual to such a degree that it causes a holy jealousy in other people's lives. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You come on in, sweetheart. The best kind of envy is the envy that causes others to want Jesus, right? I think that's the only legal type of envy. That's good. And envy for Jesus is released when we become poor in spirit. It's like this. Like, it becomes released like, have you ever been like just around a saint in a church and you're like, I just, I like, well, I'll be honest when I'm around, when around Dan or Jay, those guys. It's like, man, they they have a direct line to Jesus. Right. And I'm not putting them on a pedestal. I'm just saying there's there's yeah. things you can see that on our life. And when I'm around individuals like that, like I, I don't want to do anything else other than just be around individuals like right. that. Right. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, like like and I don't even have to talk or say a word. Like if, if they want to all have a conversation and be talking to one another, I'm perfectly content just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm just perfectly content sitting there. Because there's something on their life that causes me to want what's on their That's life. Right. So when I get poor in spirit, it causes other people to want what's on my life. That's good. Now, so what's poor in spirit? Well, the word poor uh, means poor. It means it means destitute. It means spiritually poor. It also can be translated as humble, devout persons. So it's a humble, devout person. Blessed are the humble and devout, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But it gets deeper. The word that we get poor has another root word. And I'm not going to go into all the, the words. But, but, but it literally means to crouch down as if you were a beggar. Wow. It means to live as if you lack resources. So blessed are those who lack resources. Now here, and again, I said blessed are the poor in spirit. So this word side by side, spirit, is the word pneuma. It's where you get like pneumatic drill, pneumatic thing, you know. I mean, it's like an air-powered thing. But, but spirit, it literally means wind or breath of God or the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one that brings life, the one who animates, right, energizes, and it actually means this. The word spirit could mean gentle blast. 
of air. So, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings life, who animates through his gentle breaths. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who live a beggarly lifestyle, because the Holy Spirit will begin to breathe his gentle breath. Obviously, for theirs the kingdom of heaven, we understand what kingdom is. We've taught on this at length over this last year. It, it means the kingship, the sovereignty of God, the authority, the rule and reign of the king. And so it's like whatever the king decrees happens in the kingdom, right? It's, it's, it's whatever he rules, whatever he says has to happen. And so we say, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those that live a beggarly lifestyle because... Theirs is the kingdom, so everything that is there becomes theirs that's here. Amen. Praise God. So here's here's like the really long definition, just if we didn't get it the first ten times. <laughs> and, and I'm doing a little bit of teaching, and then I'm going to share some very personal things, okay? Uh, very personal illustrations here at the very end. My translation of this one little verse would be, this is the the... Michael Perkins authorized version. Look <laughs> <laughs> up all the words and put it in a great big long run on sentence. Most blessed, happy, and enviable are the beggars, the spiritually poor, who realize that they need more of the wind, more of the breath <coughs> of the Holy Spirit, because then the kingship, the sovereignty, the authority, and the rule of God is released their hearts and in the hearts of man around the earth. Wow. Amen. That's, so good. That's a whole lot. That's a whole lot in that one little verse, right? It's, it's so amazing when you begin to look at this stuff. And so I believe that, that this idea of living a beggarly lifestyle is what gives us permission to do anything else. Like, like if I'm not poor in spirit, think humble, right? If I'm not poor in spirit... I cannot properly mourn. Why can I not properly mourn? Because I become hopeless yeah. when death, loss, and destruction are all around me. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I cannot properly be gentle, right? Because when a situation arises, we'll end up beginning to, to manipulate a situation to gain influence or inheritance. It said, blessed are the gentle, right? For they shall inherit the earth. Inheritance is something that's given. If I'm not poor in spirit, I will not be gentle. And if I'm not gentle, I'll try to manipulate results in my day-to-day -day life. And the Lord will not give me anything. Everything I will have will happen under my own strength and my own abilities. And I would rather, I would rather receive from him and try and get my own stuff. Amen. What is it? Is it Psalm 2? It's, it's, I know it's Psalm 2. I can't remember if it's 9 or 11. But ask the Lord. Ask the Lord for the nations. And surely he will give them for your inheritance. Mm -hmm. You don't take an inheritance. You receive that's an right. inheritance. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And the only way I can receive an inheritance is if I'm poor in spirit. That's right? right? Yeah. I can't properly hunger and thirst for righteousness if I'm not poor in spirit. Because you know what it looks like? You look like a Sadducee or a Pharisee, right? Yeah. If, if you're not if you're not poor in spirit, because then it begins to pop up. It becomes a religious spirit if I'm not poor in spirit. That's right. All right. I cannot properly be merciful because then I say, 
What's in it for me if I lift you up out of this muck and mind? If I'm not poor in spirit. Oh, this is really good. I, we can't properly be a peacemaker if we're not poor in spirit because we will be filled with turmoil. And you can only give away what you're filled up with. So, so if I'm not filled with peace, I'm filled with anxiety and worry. And it's like someone's like, I have all this stuff going on in my life. And I'm like, what do you want me to do about it, right? Look like you just drank a gallon full of coffee. We can't give peace away unless we're poor in spirit. We can't properly respond to persecution because we'll be angry and we'll be like, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Now, if Jesus was persecuted, if he was slandered, what's the chances that his children will as well? What, I, I, <coughs> I thought of this the other day. How naive or narcissistic is the modern church that we think that, that well, it's different with this generation. We won't be persecuted for loving Jesus. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. Right. Come on. That's right. All right. And we can't properly respond to insults if I'm not poor in spirit. Come on. Because then I'll get hurt by people instead of hurting for people. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that one again. You, I can't. You. I can't properly. I cannot properly respond to when someone ins, insults me if I'm not poor in spirit, because I'll begin to get hurt by people instead of hurting for people. Wow. Yes. This yeah. can I be honest? This is the hardest one for me. <clears throat> I may act like I got it all together up here, but I promise I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. And you get a nasty email. Uh, or a nasty little Facebook message because someone watched three minutes of a sermon online, or they read half of a blog post or something you wrote, yeah. or they talked to someone's second cousin's aunt's uncle twice removed <laughs> about a revival <laughs> service that they were in, and they were not even in there in the begin with, and they did not re- recognize what had happened, and they automatically think they know everything there is about you, and they tell you just how right. ridiculous and stupid you are. Right. I've got lots of those. Yeah. I used to get really hurt and wear them right here. And the Lord said, why are you getting hurt by that? Why don't you start hurting for those people? So if someone says something bad about you, and it's really hard, I'm like, Lord, help me to hurt for them. You know know what the Lord told me? (laughs) He said this, that, that, that people, let me tell you this, like, like someone will insult you, the only reason why someone ever will ever insult you is because they don't understand just how loved by, loved by God that they are. That's right. Yes. Yes. That's what he told me. So if someone insults you, they just don't understand who they are as a son or a daughter of God. Because if they understood that, they wouldn't be saying That's right. That yeah. Because they'd be poor in spirit. Right. Come on. Right. I believe that we need to, to live... We need to live as beggars in the kingdom, and 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 so if this was a if this was a, a picture of what it looks like, it really is just it's a life of living like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's humble. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to have it all together, and do this and that, and and, and he says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." And if you get poor in spirit, the kingdom is going to be yours. That's right. Mm. 
That's a lifestyle of humility. And there's a difference between confidence, like like there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And like I'm, there's some things I'm really confident in, and sometimes it's perceived as arrogance, but it's it's not confidence when it's confidence in Him. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But I'm I'm, I'm trying my best to live like this. Trying my best to live like this is crouched down as a beggar. And we understand that we're not beggars in the kingdom. We're not paupers. We're actually princes and princesses. Amen. However, this is the mindset that we live with. Right. It's God, if you don't show up, nothing's going to happen. Yes, God, if you don't move, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. God, if you don't give me something to preach, my people's going to look at me awful weird when I stare at yeah, them for at on. least 30 minutes. Come on. I mean, it's going to probably 40, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but it's this lifestyle living like this. Yes. And, and in the world right now, and I'm not knocking anyone, I'm not talking about it at anyone, but if you look at entertainers or if you look at politicians, it's all it's it's bravado. It's, yes. it's puffing themselves up and belittling everyone else. Poor in spirit is the exact opposite of That's that. That's right. Yeah. Some of you see me do this. Like when Jesus came, he came to serve. And so when Jesus came, he didn't come to like do this to people. Jesus came up from under yes. like this. Yes. So he didn't come ah like this. And there's a difference. There's a difference. This is poor in spirit. So if I'm going to win this world, i got to live my life like this. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to walk in Chipotle or Qdoba, <laughs> Qdoba on my knees, but I'm walking in that place and like, Lord, let me live the beggarly lifestyle. Let the humility and the kindness manifest God. Right. Let that happen, right? And so what does it look like? Well, I give you a picture of what it looked like. And I've said one word, but I think it's actually two things that foreign spirit is. I think it's a lifestyle of hunger. And it's a lifestyle of humility before yeah. the Lord. And it's hunger and humility. And so this is where we're getting a little personal. And, and I just want to tell you, like, what I'm going to tell you in the next few minutes doesn't mean you need to do these things. This is what the Lord has told me to do. Okay? Like, here, here's here's something revelatory. Read your Bible and pray every day, right? You're going to grow, grow, grow. But don't take what I do as the gospel in the sense that you have to do it that way. That's that's religion. That's right. Come on. So, so I want to preface all of that, that with, with this. Poor spirit is a lifestyle of hunger and humility. Jesus, which one do we do first? I'm going to I want to talk about humility first. <laughs> I don't think it matters which one. They go hand in hand, but we'll do humility first. Humility is a lifestyle that, that, that actually attracts God. I mean, it's, it's like, we're so humble. I, I'm all right. I almost said, my grandmother used to say, they're, they're, they're on that like flies on stank, right? <laughs> the Lord, the Lord is all over humility. James 4, 6. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud. But gives grace to the humble. 
word opposed means that he sets himself up against. He's saying that, that that's my enemy. I'm, I'm actually bracing yeah. for an attack, for a fight. So, so if there's anyone I don't want opposed to me, it's the Lord. Right? Yeah. By the way, if you're opposed to the Lord, guess which one's wrong? Yeah. And guess which one's going to lose? Yeah. All right. So he's opposed to the proud. Proud means arrogant, and it means showing oneself above others. It's just what we talk about honor in this church. That's right. Right? We honor those in authority above us. We honor those are peers, and we honor those the Lord has entrusted to us, right? We, right? we treat everyone like they're the most important person in the world. That's what our goal is. Amen. So, showing oneself above others, and that, that, that was me. I'm just... But it says he gives grace, which is, he gives grace to the humble, which grace is the word for favor. It means kindness. It means reaching rewards. He gives rewards that you would typically have to reach for, right? It'd be like going to the grocery store and standing up on your tippy toes to try and get something off the top shelf that's just out of reach. It actually means that he gives blessings from something that would be on out of that would be out of your reach unless he gave it to you. Wow. It's grace Amen. to the humble. And the humble means lowly and meek. And it also means God-reliant, not self-reliant. Amen. 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 So, yeah, the Lord's here right now. So, Jesus, it's it's that living that lifestyle like if he doesn't do it, it's just not going to happen. Right. That's right. He grants kindness and favor and grace toward, towards those that are reliant on him and those who aren't arrogant. And it's like, do you want the Lord to use you? Let's get more humble. Right? It's my, my mentor, Rob McCorkle, always says that I just got to get lower. Yeah, that's right. And as I place myself lower before him, he ends up using me more powerfully. And I don't understand it. Amen. But that's what it does. And I don't place myself low to manipulate and trick him into using me. Right. It's just really acknowledging who he is. Amen. And so I'll tell you this story about humbling myself because. Three years ago, three years ago, I was at a church service. I was at the Awakening in Fort Worth, and uh, Rob McCorkle, Dr. Rob, had just preached a message. And I sat there in that seat, in the second row, and I wept the entire service, like wept. And I can't explain it, but like I'm sitting there, and I got so convicted, and I said, God, what that man has, I don't have. I'm like, I've got to have what he has. So whatever you got to do in my heart, change it, Lord. And the Lord said, well, go ask him to pray for you. And so, so I went after the services were over and there was ministry time. And it was like pure pandemonium, but organized pandemonium, you know. Right. And I said, Rob, I said, I honor what's on your life. And I want to ask you to pray that God begins to do that in my life. Not because I'm envious of the positions he's in, right? But because I recognize that there's something about the way. I mean, listen, you guys have all heard plenty of sermons before. Sometimes someone will share the same passage and it doesn't touch you. 
right. someone else reads something and it's like, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, there's something different. And so when he was sharing, there was something different in on his life. And I said, I want you to pray. And so Rob begins to pray a prayer of impartation, meaning that, that the gifts and the graces that the Lord has given him, may the Lord begin to give those in my heart as well. Wow. And and we prayed that, and some things changed, but but I got a little head there. Some things changed thereafter. But as he's praying, Jim Dixon, Jim's been here before too when Rob was here. Jim Dixon comes up, and Jim is on staff at Rob's church. Jim comes up, and he had a prophetic word, meaning like the Lord spoke something to him that he had to share to me. And Jim said, he said, and he's so soft-spoken too. Jim said, hey, you don't know me, but God spoke to me as Rob's praying. And he's like, and he's like, I'm just going to pray this word over you. I'm like, yeah, whatever you want to do more, right? <laughs> Jim says, God says that your head is on a swivel and it no longer has to be. Now that doesn't make any sense to anyone probably in here, but it sure did me. You know what that word meant? Like, I knew exactly what the Holy Spirit was speaking. It meant that I was caring more about the people surrounding me than I cared about what he wanted to do in me. Come on. I'm just being honest here. And can I, I, I was ticked. Like, I don't even remember what else Rob prayed. I was fighting mad. Like, I don't get real mad very often, but I, I was like, I was mad enough to cry. I cry when I get happy, and I really cry when I get mad. And I was mad enough, like, I don't think I've been mad enough to hit anyone long time. I was real close. And I was like, who is this guy? How dare you say something like that to me? That's what I'm thinking. How dare you say something like that? And so I left the conference, and some things changed, but not much changed in my life. And Rob prayed this prayer. And I believe that if someone prays for you, that things could actually change, yeah, right? Because God answers prayers. Right. And so, <laughs> so six months later, it was in May, it was May 16th. I actually went back and looked at the day. May 16th, I was on a Danbo High phone call. Tuesdays, at that time, every Tuesday and Thursday, we'd call in. People from all around the country would hear Dan teach, and there'd be a time of prayer. And the Holy Spirit spoke. Dan was talking about hungering for more of God and allowing God to use you. And the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly to me, and I'm like, God, I want to be used. I, I, you know, revival, and, and we want to reach people, and we want to see people saved, healed, delivered, all these things. And ever so gently, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, Michael. You despise the prophetic word that Jim Dixon gave you. Which the Bible says, do not despise the prophetic word. He said, you despise that word, and you've been angry at Jim all this time. And I was the one that told him to say it to you. So if you want the things that you've been asking for to come to fruition, you need to contact him and tell him you're sorry. So I didn't know what to do couldn't get a hold of Rob and get his phone number and so I, I sent a Facebook message because then I would know at least because it says red right <laughs> it says red so you know they read it and I'm like look you barely know me and I don't know you at all really 
but when you spoke that to me, I was really mad at you, and I've been mad at you for six months. And I, I just want to say I'm really sorry. I'm just so sorry. And it wasn't 10 minutes later he said something back, and he's just like, you know, I didn't even think anything, yada, 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 you know, of course. May the Lord do, you know, just really gracious and generous. But can I be honest? That was like, it's hard to tell people you're sorry, yeah. even if, even if they don't know that you're mad at them, right? Because right? I've been like, well, he probably doesn't even know because I never even told him. Right. So I could have just been like, all right, Lord, I'm sorry and moved on and never said anything. But the Lord wanted me to humble myself. Yes, yes. That's right. yes. Yeah, that's good. So I humbled myself and asked him to forgive me. And like, I know this is weird, but it was like, as soon as I asked him to forgive me, that the Lord started doing some really Amen. neat things in our life. Praise he started giving the birth, the idea for this thing right here. The very next day, I saw someone healed at Walmart. Hallelujah. Like, literally, the, the cashier got healed at Walmart. First time in public that had ever happened with me. And now it's like a regular thing. All these things began to happen because I was willing to humble myself. Amen. And I think that humility attracts the Lord. I really do. And the other thing is hunger. And I'm just going to share something real, again, not, I don't think it's as heavy as that. But, and again, I don't think you have to do these things. I'm just telling you my own journey right here of living poor in spirit. Hunger's a choice, and hunger attracts God. Matthew 4 4 says, But it is written, man should not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the Father's mouth. Rob, again, he says that if we live by every word, then we die by its absence. And in my Bible, not this one, my other one, I wrote, I'm going to be a glutton for the word of God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a glutton. If, if, I, if I live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth, I want to be a glutton for the Lord. Yeah. Now think of this. Most of us, and, and, and some of us, Most of us probably haven't experienced real hunger. Like, most of the time we get hungry when it's time to be hungry. Right. Now, honestly, it's like, oh, it's 9 a.m., it's time for breakfast, right? Or it's 4 a.m., it's time for coffee. I'm hungry for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's noon. Well, I guess I'm hungry for lunch, right? right? Yeah. It's 6.37 whenever you eat dinner. It's, it's time for dinner. Hunger, for the most part, in America, it's a choice. It's not like, oh, I'm starving to death, I need to go eat. Hunger's a choice. I believe we can choose to become hungry, and I believe that we can have as much of the kingdom of God as we want if I'm hungry for the kingdom of God. Amen. What does that mean? Well, and I don't, I mean, and again, I'm just I'm preaching on humility and hunger, but if you can have as much of the kingdom of God as you want, it means like, I, I think sometimes we're content praying a prayer to get saved, right? And I've, I've had my belly full. And there's some other people, they just get obsessed with the Lord and they want more of him. Yeah. I want to live my life where I choose to be hungry. Yeah. And it's a choice. And some days it's a more difficult choice than others. Some days it's like, I've really got to choose to be hungry today. And when you want to be hungry for the Lord, all these things encroach on that, by the way. 
it's like, oh, I slept in, you know, I was tired, and, or, or whatever, or I, I picked up my Bible. You know, I picked up my Bible this morning uh, here at the office, and I tried to read four times, and every time I got about four verses in, my phone rang. It's like, you know, stuff tries to crowd it out. So you have to choose to be hungry. That's right. Now, and I think if you choose to be really hungry, it can be considered an obsession. I want to just share real quickly just a couple of personal things. What, and again, this is what I'm doing. I'm not saying you need to do this. I'm just saying this is what I'm doing. So, okay. But I've, I've, the last few weeks, I've been, I guess, experimenting with the Lord. <laughs> and I'll go to wherever I'm going to read and have my Bible in front of me. And I say this. I say, Jesus, I'm not even going to open this up. Until I know you're in the room with me and you're going to read this with me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. First day was 45 minutes. <clears throat> this morning, he was there waiting on me. Come on. Amen. Oh, wow. That's so good. Wow. Yeah. I'm saying, because again, I don't want a head full of knowledge. Yes. I want a transformed heart. Yes. Because that's what, let's be honest. You guys need me to have a transformed heart. Yeah. Yeah. People out there need one as well. Right. Amen. So what does hunger look like? Hunger looks like uh, April, bless her heart, she lives with this. So I got this idea one day that the word of God doesn't return void. Right? Because the Bible says Amen. that. So if the Bible says that, it has to be true. So what does it look like if I listen to a sermon or the Bible when I sleep? Because if it doesn't return void, then it's got to be doing something to me even when I sleep. So bless her heart. She'll be, she goes to bed a little later than me, and she'll come up, and like Todd White or Dan Moeller is like, ah, a gospel. And they're preaching, and I'm, I'm out cold. <laughs> but I just believe it's transforming me even when I sleep well. Yeah, amen. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying that I'm just hungry and want more of you. <laughs> right? Hunger as begins to, to write and journal and categorize everything in my life because I want to see where he's moved. Hunger is listening to the word when I drive. I love old music, but in my car I don't listen to much music. I, listen to the Bible or I listen to a podcast sermon someone else preaching just because I want more of it but it's a choice and what I'm discovering is this this might be the most personal stuff I've ever shared but what I'm discovering is that as I come before him as a beggar saying I really need to hear from you uh, he's he's faithful. He does yeah. show up. Yes. That's right. And then he talks. Yeah. Right? He's a rewarder of those who seek him. What's the reward? Him. Amen. Like when I come in and I say, I'm not going to read this until I know you're here with me. When the presence of God shows up, you realize that that's just not a goosebumpy thing. There's actually a person in the room with you. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Yes. There's nothing like it. Right. There's right. nothing like it. 
So I just want to pray for us tonight. Yeah. Like I don't I like I don't even know how to preach this stuff. I just felt like I think this is where everything comes from. And I'm still learning and growing. Trust me. I was talking the other day about something and she, she got on to me and in and, and, and a loving way. In a loving way. And she said, You're treading on dangerous territory. She didn't say it quite like that, but she's basically saying, Don't become prideful about that. She's right. So there's there's things the Lord's doing in my heart. But if I want the Lord to continue to move in my heart and in this church and in your lives, yeah. it's going to start right here. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Right. So I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that the Lord just releases <coughs> a humble, well, actually David wrote that he cannot resist a humble and contrite heart. Mm. Oh, should have put that in my notes. Thanks. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just Holy Spirit. So you can respond in your seats. If you need to get out of your seat and respond, do that. Come up here. It doesn't matter. But we want to be a church that's poor in spirit yeah. so that we can live out the rest of these Beatitudes. Amen. Amen. So, Lord. I don't even really know what to ask for other than to just ask you to just unleash a poor in spirit mentality yeah. in this church. And we know that all of our needs are supplied by your riches in heaven. That's what Paul wrote in Philippians, God. We understand that. But, Lord, we also recognize that if you don't provide or if you don't move, if you don't speak, we have absolutely nothing. And, Lord, I don't... I don't want to be a church that's known because they have a bunch of barn wood around the sanctuary. I want to be a church that's known that has better donuts or hotter coffee. I want to be known as the church that really just looks like Jesus. Come on. Yeah. Agreed. So make us humble, God, even if it's hard. Yes. Even if it's hard because yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. And then increase a hunger for you. Lord, even as I'm saying that, I was thinking of, of when, <laughs> when April and I were dating, and we were, she was in Kansas living, and I was in Ohio. That like every moment that I could spend with her on the phone, and those was phone card days. Every minute that I could log with her using a phone card yeah. was of the utmost importance to me. And Lord, may we begin to log minutes and moments with yes. you throughout yes. the day because yes. we're hungry for more of you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we just want to get to know you better. Yeah. Like, I don't even have to ask my wife what she's thinking. I know what she's thinking. Yeah. What would it look like, God, if we got to the point where we're like, I bet Jesus thinks this about this yes. situation. Yes. Amen. Yes, Lord. Let it be. And Lord, and so I, I just pray that's loosened tonight in this yes. church. Yes. Give people greater humility, myself included, yes. and a greater hunger yeah. for the kingdom of God. Yes. And a greater yes. hunger for the person of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. So Jesus, I love you. And I thank you. Because I think this is the one prayer you really want to honor. <laughs> that you want us to walk humbly. And you want us to hunger and thirst for more of you. And you actually tell us that just a few verses later. 
but increase that in us tonight, Jesus. Thank you for answering. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's so good. So bless you, church. You are dismissed. If uh, Milton, if you'll go back and tell Jeff and uh, Mary Kay that we are finished. Hey, that was great timing. Yes. We were just sending them back for you. Amen. Bless you, church. Bless you, guys.